Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Father, I give you thanks today. I just give you thanks. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. Uh, we sang about it for a while, but I do. Like I said last week, I guess I'm telling you, you're just doing. I can't get away from this thing. Forgive thanks to the Lord for His mercy and earth. How it's everywhere. It's everywhere before the armies of God as they go. Every time they go, when there's warfare or crisis, you put it on the lips of your people. We're to constantly say, "For you are good, and your mercy endures forever." For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Uh, guys, like I got to repeat myself from last week. There's something about that phrase that evidentially is a spiritual key. I mean, really, read the... How many of you guys have a Bible? <laughs> I hope you all have a Bible. Does anybody not have a Bible? I, don't, I can't take anything for granted anymore. Read the book as far as all that. If you've got a concordance or Bible programs, you know, go up online. You guys, everybody goes up online. You know, you can go up to Bible Gateway or something and... It's got to be a key. There's something about that. But again, see, hell's job is to, is to diminish everything and make it religious. You do understand that, right? You, seriously, do you? Hell's job is to diminish anything and everything that has power and has might to it and to make it look smaller than it is. He wants it drowned. He wants it under mud. He wants it whatever. He wants it to be some religious slang or a tradition. Remember how Jesus said, you make the word of God very word of God that is your salvation you make you not it, you make the word of God of no power no might by your tradition when you allow something to become traditionalized just just tradition it's what we do tithing if you let that just be something traditional well that's probably why you're not reaping any fruit from it worship singing if that's just something you're doing because you think that's what you do before the word comes you, you, may, you may not have ever really entered into worship. You make the word of God of no effect by your tradition. That phrase, I'm just telling you, uh, see, we're human beings. How many of you know you're a human being? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a human being. I read in Hebrews years ago, where it said that because Jesus took upon himself flesh, we too have taken upon ourselves flesh. And it went on to say, and I remember reading that one day, and I suddenly got, wow, Jesus only took upon himself flesh to be like a human. And the word says, I only took upon myself. I'm not even from here. I'm an alien. And I remember I jumped up and I went, I'm not from here. I'm an alien. And I ran out of my room, my prayer room. This is years and years ago. I wake up with something. I lived out there. I'm, like, I'm an alien. And I remember ran out and Jamie was a little boy and he goes, Dad. <laughs> but it just hit me. I'm not, I'm not from here. You're not from here. If you've been born of God, don't you understand you're not of that stinking world? You can't, you can't run the way of that and get the blessing of that. 
And that's why he does anything and everything he can to draw your attention back to him. And this is why, again, it just gets so much easier when you understand the devil is a liar. His job is to, again, you know, Corinthians, his, God is, his job is to exalt his knowledge above the knowledge of the Most High, right? You see, we quote it, but really get it. He, ask yourself, is what I'm thinking in line with God's word for me? Just, it's just that simple. If it's not in line with what heaven says, man, you reject it. You reject it because that's not, those aren't your thoughts. See, those are the devil's thoughts. They're not God's thoughts. And that's all it means. So you cast those sucker down. Boom, out. You're going to cast them down. No, those aren't mine. I reject them in Jesus' name. I reject them in Jesus' name. You reject them in Jesus' name. God is, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm having a good time with God. I'm going to read something to I was Julie and I have really, like I said, been just bumping our faith up. We've been watching tons of videos and praying and reading like there's the day. And I, I, um, I uh, heard this comment yesterday on one of the things. And Bill Winston, I don't know if you know who he is, he's an incredible speaker in the States, but he said this, but I, he said this using American sports as analogies, but I want to use... Um, because this is kind of begins to why we're going to, like I said, we're gonna, next Sunday is really important to anybody that really feels like they're part of this church as far as handing out to everybody really what the vision of CCF is, what our heart cry is. And because we want everybody to be able to, to make a decision, you know, can I agree to this? And do I want to be involved in this for real? Because that's what sets, that's what sets the, the stage for where we're going to go. You hear me? And uh, yeah, actually, I got—I feel like I need to share this too. I shared it when, at the men's meeting. Said, man, we had a—it was Jeff. It was good, wasn't it? I mean, we had a good mandate. Just I'm telling you, not a lot of men were there, but God's anointing was there. I'm telling you. But um, one of the things that struck me—it's you know Eddie and Lori Hornback are the founders of this church. But Lori mentioned. Now I'm not a prophet, but I really do believe. Deji and I were talking about it, and we talked about it this morning again in prayer before church. Um, Lori just happened to mention in the email. She said, "You know, in April, mid-April, will be the 30th anniversary of the beginning of this church when they founded it way back when." Now, part of that almost depressed me because I thought 30 years, 30 years, and 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 even Julie and I have been here what eight years now, or something like that, or 27 years. Huh? <laughs> But you know what I mean, and I, I'm not moved by size, but I mean, at the same time, I thought, we've been here 30 years, and we're only about 120 adults or 110 adults, whatever, and it started to bother me. But, I, but then I said, no, 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 because like I said, God had spoken to me before. God does speak to me once in a while, by the way. Just, but he really did, and he said, and he, got, and he got in my face. God gets in my face at times. He may not, if you, if you actually know God, one of the things you'll know is he will get in your face. He will get in your business. Because he loves you that much. He will not allow you. As much as he loves you, he won't allow you to stay like you are. He always wants more from you because he's got more for you. You hear me? And you got to just learn how to submit to it. Say, here I am. Okay, here I am. But anyhow, um, and the Lord said, don't, and he got on me about it. He said, don't you ever call this church small. He said, you have no idea how huge they are in the spirit, how huge they are in my sight. 
and what we think of what is what we think about what we think about the commandment that what we think about the commandment and actually what I said to Lucy and the commission that's upon you don't ever ever belittle what is in here but anyhow I said all that to say coming back to Lori coming over and this being the 30th anniversary it just hit me like that just like that the Jesus Christ his entire ministry never began until he was 30 years old. And God made my ear go, hey, what? He said, my son's ministry didn't even begin. And I said, and I started to go instantly because I got this quick mind, which is a big bummer. You know, started to compare yourself to 5,000 other churches, you know. <laughs> Why can't I be like, no, 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 no. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, I'm talking to you. You know, Jesus Christ, his ministry didn't even begin until he was 30 years old. That's when the Holy Spirit engulfed him. That's when he was baptized with the Spirit of God. And that's when all the miracles began to happen. Hallelujah. So whether you like it or not, I'm taking, because I see God's got nothing but good. But you get off into your philosophy of mind and thinking, you try to figure it all out and try to figure out why it's not God. Listen, if it's good, it's God. I didn't say stuff couldn't be perverted and taken while, but I'm just saying, you know what? Let's let's just say thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. That's why, again, casting the vision, they said, there's something fresh and new. It's like there's a new beginning. You hear me? There's something fresh and new that God is doing, and there's something that's being initiated in the realm of the Spirit. It's I'm telling you, I have I'm not trying to coach you up but i'm telling you this man this dude here is seeing stuff like i've never seen and as god is my witness i'm telling you there is like this gigantic 500 foot wave that's heading our way of god from heaven i'm telling you there's a wave of god and stuff coming toward us it's for us it has only our name on it this part that i'm talking about and i'm telling you i don't care you get it out of your heads I'm telling you, God has released all manner of new people to come to this church. You know, I wish I could make that up. Anybody wants that, but at the, I know. But he said, he told me, he said, I'm telling you, they're on their way. He said they're on their way. He said they need to hear the precision of the word that this church brings. He said they need to hear the preciseness of the worship that I'm allowing this fellowship. They're on their way. And, you know, I used to say, and God had me, I, he, had, he rebuked me. I had to repent about how I used to say in the beginning, you know, I've got my faith out there for like 300 people. I want that first 300. And God rebuked me. And he said, you've stepped off the turf, like on a football field, you know, the pitch. He said, you got off the pitch. You stopped doing that. He said, you lost your faith. You backed off. He said, get back on the pitch and get your faith out there again. And man, I did. And it just came alive. And I'm telling you, we're going to have it. I mean, you know, it's 300 plus. See, God is big. It's 300 plus. And why 300? It's not a big deal. It's not because of Gideon's army. It's just that, you know, like I was taught years ago by Brother Cole and what have you and others, that there's something happens when you reach around 300. You got enough people that everything, you know, like right now all our problems was set up and needing more volunteers and stuff, children's church, crash, all these things, the departments that make a church, church community, the necessity for a building. If we got 300 people right now, we need a place to meet. You know what I mean? We need a place to be. All that stuff is part and parcel of what God's about to do. I'm telling you, they're on their way. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, they don't think I'm just saying that to try to make them inspired. I'm telling you, I just want you to get ready. See, you've got to have expectancy. Our God is not kicking back 
on a lounge chair watching TV. Our God is active, alive, ready, moving right now. And our job is to get in step. And the way we get in step, bless God, is to get back in faith. Quit having pity parties about stuff that don't make no difference at all. Quit having arguments and quibbling over stuff that doesn't mean anything at all. And get back and understand we are in Christ. God is in me. And God is in you. And he has a job for you that's never, ever, 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 ever. I mean, I don't care what you do. When you do get to heaven, if you're born from above, and I hope you are because you're here. If, when you do get to heaven, he's going to ask you, did you do what I asked you to do? And you can make all the excuses in the world, but he's going to look right you in the face, and that's where tears are going to come. He said, listen, if I gave you something to do, I gave you the resources to do it. But you didn't move toward me in faith. You didn't believe. And see, that's why there's going to be all kinds of tears because we're going to see all the stuff we were meant to do. But we accepted lies. We accepted persecution. We accepted stuff from other people, wrong teaching, wrong belief. We accepted all kinds of stuff, and it made us stop in our position. It made us back off of God's plan for our life. And that's when God's going to, you know, thank God he's God. He is love. He's going to wipe these tears off our eyes. And he's still going to say, I love you. Well done. Come on in. Let's enjoy eternity together. However, you're still here. Nudge whoever you're sitting next to and tell them you're still here. That means, that means God's plan for you is still electrified and working and nothing but nothing as far as heaven is concerned, can stop you from fulfilling what he has given you as your personal assignment. Oh, I praise you, Father. I praise you, Most High God. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I breathe deep of heavenly aromas of glory, your love and your grace. Heaven is a real place. Hallelujah. I want to I'm sorry I didn't write Listen, I, I said I wanted to share this something. Anybody in here ever watch football, rugby, or any of that, that stuff over here? Is anybody in this place? Other? I know Cynthia does, but I know <laughs> Jeff and what have you. But uh, listen to this. When you're watching the, you know, when you're watching the World Cup, let's just pretend. When you're watching the World Cup finals, whether it be football, Rugby or Wimbledon, tennis, you know, the finals. You're watching, this is the phrase that I heard Bill Winston say. He said, you're watching masters of the fundamentals. Just think about that. When you're watching professional athletes at the highest of their, the highest of their skills, you're watching masters 
of the fundamentals. You understand that, what that means? You know how the guys go out, I mean, the way they exercise, the way they work, what they do. Like even when I, you know, when I played American football, the stuff, every season they'd start out, it was so goofy, but they'd stand, they'd pick up a football and hold it to you and say, this is a football. This is what we play with. Like, yeah, I didn't know that. But now the fundamentals of blocking, <clears throat> the fundamentals of tackling, the fundamentals, fundamentals of, of lining up what you do in what situation, how to recognize this runner, how to recognize. It's over and over and over and over and over and over and over again you work with the fundamentals. The people at the highest position of any skill set are those who work on the fundamentals. Keyboard players, horn players. Singers, musicians, I don't care what the skill is. You work at it and you work at it and you work at it and you master the fundamentals. That's what takes you to the that's what takes you to places you've never been before. I said all that to say because part and parcel of what we're gonna do again after you know in the next few months of the church's life is I'm telling you, we're gonna take not a long time with them, but we're gonna go over some of the fundamentals. We have to be on the same page to really occupy. I said to occupy the land that God's called us to occupy. Like I said, there's something out there that we're reaching toward. It's out. It's right in front of us, man. It's on, we're looking at the horizon of it. And while some, it's inevitably in every single case. Like I said, it's, walking with Christ. You may have heard me say this before, but walking, walking with Christ, everybody in here is at a different level of faith. You know, you like we you hear see all the time. God's word says He's going to take us from faith to faith, from strength to strength. From glory to glory. Everything is about levels. You look in Exodus and God's word is very clear. The patterns and the principles. God led Israel by stages. And you'll study that. And it talks about stages. When God led Israel out of Egypt and all those little places they stopped on the way. You know that 40 year journey to get to Canaan land. Even though they could have. Well anyhow I don't want to go. I don't have time to teach all that. But every little place they stopped was a stage. And God brought another area of teaching. I mean every name of God. Every Every Jehovah name in the Old Testament is a stage where God revealed a little bit more of who he was. I am Jehovah Sid Kenu. I am the Lord God, your righteousness. And then boom, they needed healing. I am Jehovah God. I am Jehovah Rapha. I'm the Lord God that heals you. All this stuff. I am Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. I am the God, your peace. All these things, they were layer upon layer upon layer. More revelation of this God that we serve. In our lives, we're all working, walking, living, and moving, and we're supposed to be growing. You know, we're supposed to receive, the Bible says, the sincere milk of the word, at least, that we may grow thereby. But then Hebrews says there's strong meat, but strong meat belongs unto those who, by reason of use, have exercised their senses to discern the difference between good and evil. So everybody in church... Is there people are here that are milk drinkers, and then there are those that are meat eaters. Hallelujah. But we're all supposed, and the way we grow is through this word. There's no shortcut. It's through getting in this word. It's through having quality teaching of the scriptures, not just preaching and sermonizing, but actually teaching. And what I sort of say is it's like a ladder. Listen, if you're on this rung, you can have this view. And it's, but if, if when you've been faithful, you've been in the word, you've been before God, you've actually turned the TV off and you turn the right stuff on. Hallelujah. Which I started doing, like I said, in the last couple of weeks with Julie and I. Or whatever. And you really begin to put.
put yourself into him. You know, the funniest thing happens. He begins to reveal more of himself to you. Gee, gosh, what a surprise. But you step up a rung. And, you know, if you're on rung two and Julie steps up on rung, rung three, she's not superior to you. But you know what? She's going to be able to see a little bit more than you can see. Right? And, you know, when you have stepped up another rung, it is so frustrating when you, I mean, you flat love the people that are on rung two. And desperately, let's say Emmanuel's on rung two and I get to be on rung three. I should put it around the other way, but I'm putting you lower than me. <laughs> but, you know, I agree. And it's okay. I'm only, I'm only playing. I'm only playing. I'm so used to people whining at me that I thought maybe they but, you know, let's say I'm on, Emmanuel's on rung two, and I'm on rung three. And, you know, and the thing about, I'm talking about moving with God, moving, knowing Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. Everything. He's the solution. He really is the answer. He's the guy that can fix anything in your life. And I'm trying to get us to understand, again, what he's like I said, just kick, excuse me, I started to almost cuss. I wasn't going to cuss, but kick me in the rear end about, he's got me, he's slamming me about this. You, you believe me for the impossible. You, you believe me for what looks impossible. I mean, he is getting me delivered. He is getting me delivered of any impossibility thinking that God I serve is God Almighty. If he did indeed thrust those heavens out there, like I said last week, whatever, you know, the Hubble Health Telescope said they just discovered this new galaxy 1.5 billion light years away. However they can see it. And that's, you know, and that's from Genesis 1 where he said, light be. And that first word, light be, is still, you know, like I said, zipping out there 185,000 miles per second. That's quick. Light years. But if he did that, I mean, you know, and that was just one of his thoughts. Eh, I think I'll make universes. I love that. But, I mean, he can do it. It's, nothing's impossible. He makes water come out of rock. He makes axe, iron axe heads float just to help his folks. I mean, he causes quail to come in to the point of, it's coming out of their nose, you know. He, you know, they lusted after. But I'm just saying, he like you, he did split the Red Sea. He did split the Jordan. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He did cause the sun to stop. Can you picture? I mean, if God give us more sunny days in England, but you know, you know Jamie and I, Jamie, we we uh, FaceTime for just a little bit. Jamie in Florida, and he's out there with a T-shirt, and it's 78 degrees. It's about, you know, what, what, 30 degrees, you know, centigrade or something like that. I said, Jamie, I said, not yesterday when I said, Jamie, it's snowing again. He said, oh, I'm so sorry, Dad. Look at the sun. <laughs> I said, I said, I'm gonna, when next time I see you, I said, I'm slapping you backwards. He said, but he did because he went, you know, he's playing. He goes, oh, Dad, I'm so sorry you got all this snow. I'm so, excuse me, Dad, it's kind of hot here. You know, he's doing all that kind of stuff. I don't even know why I said that. But anyhow, it's, it's, it's that God, there's nothing impossible. So I'm going to get it again. I'm on the third rung of this ladder. 
Emmanuel's on the second. Boy, I suddenly, I said, oh, it's all, you know, like the word holy, 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 like we remember I told you years ago when I first discovered that the word holy meant different. And like for all eternity, we're going to be seeing God and seeing another beautiful aspect of his love. Like, you know, like the facet of a diamond. Forever, we're going to be seeing. No, there's always something new with God. I said, there's always something new. There's always something new. He's always something new. There's always something more. There's always something more beautiful. There's always something even more beautiful than that. And then there's something more beautiful than that. You see this and you go, wow. Then he shows you this and you go, wow, wow. Then he shows you this and you go, wow, wow, wow. And because it's just, that's who he is. He's bigger, better, stronger. Ah! So I'm beginning to see this. And then I see Emmanuel in the second round. I said, Emmanuel. And I try to describe it for him. Emmanuel, this is what I've seen. Oh, my God. And he looks up at me and says, oh, man, that sounds great. What I mean is he can't really comprehend what I'm seeing because he's not where I'm at. And that's where all of us are in here. Some of us are seeing stuff that others haven't seen yet. But we don't want to be depressed because of that. We need to be encouraged because of that. And always know there's more. There's something right above me, something else I've never seen. There's something else I've never really understood just yet. It's right in front of me. Because we all remember, please be honest with yourself. You all know when there were times when you really, really, really thought you had it down in an area. I mean, I can remember, I listened to one of my old tapes in many years. Julie and I were fit cleaning out the house in Bakersfield that we had when we, we had to get rid of that house way back when. And I found this old ancient tape of mine from 19, gosh, 84, 78, or so 1978, 79. And it cracked me up. An old cassette tape. And I'm like, wow, good Lord. And just for the heck of it, I've never listened to one of my a full tape of me ever in my life because I feel weird when you listen to your own voice. But uh, I put this, I, except once, I used to, you know what I mean? <sighs> you know, I feel like apologizing, but I don't care anymore. God's energy is in me lately, man. I'm telling you, you hang around God. He's pretty energetic. He will get off on you, man. I'm telling you, it is good. Anyhow. I put this tape on about 30-some years ago, and I listened, listened a little bit. And I got, I went, oh, my God. But one thing that it really made me sick is I was telling, I'm, I'm telling the same jokes today I said 35 years ago. <laughs> 35 years ago. In some cases, using the same dumb illustration. And I went, oh, my God. I really did. I blushed at myself. I said, are you kidding me? But then I heard myself say something. And I went, I taught that? And I went, oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. All I'm getting at is this. It's amazing how absolutely, positively sure we are about some things. Until, like Proverbs says, someone else comes along and cross-examines us, and we find out we don't know anything. But this is where the humility factor has to come in. We always we have to be teachable. God help us. Be firm in conviction, but be open in spirit and open in heart. Because I'm telling you, there's a whole lot more. And God, see, like a good father with their children, we can only entrust, we're, we're only wise parents if we entrust to our children that which they have capacity to work with. You know what I mean? 
We don't want to give them something that they can harm themselves with. They can take to an, to an extreme. Anything taken to an extreme is error. Even truth taken to an extreme can become error. You have to be careful with stuff. But anyhow, so I'm just saying there's this holy frustration that's available when God begins to show you something. But this is where, oh my God, the servant of the Lord must be patient. Instructing those who would oppose themselves that peradventure they will acknowledge the truth, acknowledge the will of God, and recover themselves from the snare of the devil who takes them captive at his own will. Every one of you are servants of the Lord. I'm just saying, be patient with one another. Amen? Really be patient. Whatever you think you know, whatever you think you really know, you may not be absolutely correct about it. And I'm just saying, so don't get too pompous. But see, that's why constantly coming before Almighty God and His Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, keeps you cleansed, keeps you free. At John 15, again, over and over again, God spoke that to me. Now are you clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. I told the men yesterday in mandate, I gave them some commandments, some commandments, some confessions. And one of them is in Isaiah 48, where it simple says, he said, I said, I want you to practice with this for the next week and a couple of them. But one of them was simply this, where God says, I have made your mouth as a sharp sword. And I said, I want you to confess this and begin to confess it because of what God wants to do in your life. I, my God has made my mouth as a sharp sword. And, 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 and with that, you have to understand that a sharp sword can cut. And, and again, but it's, God's word is what begins to carve off the junk that you may not even know is on you. But this is why you've got to be somewhere where you're being taught. But dear God, you know, see, I, I know you think it's the privileged thing of like the preacher himself. But you know what? It's, a, it's dependent upon your personal desire. Um, I used to, when I used to minister in the prisons in America all the time, you know, I'd be in all these death row situations ministering to these guys because of my past and stuff. And, and I'd tell them, you know, um, listen, you can be as free as you want to be, but it's your decision. How free do you want to be? Because I can't make you do anything. But God's word is no lie. This word will make you free from anything, anything. But you got to do what it takes to get free. If you don't do what it takes to get free, you don't want to be free. You don't want to be free. I'm telling you, you don't want to be free. This is why you got to man up, even if you're a woman. <laughs> you got to put on courage, and you got to understand. Listen, God's not a failure. I said God's not a failure, and God's in me, so I can beat this. I said, I can beat this. There's nothing that can hold me back. That's, there's nothing that can hold you back. There's nothing that can hold me back. There's nothing that can hold this church back from God's destined purpose for us. Nothing, 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 nothing. But see, I've got to, I, I, I hope, and again, it's, I don't know if you'll misunderstand or misinterpret what I'm about to say or not because of what it's going to sound like. You know, people are going to hear what they want to hear. But I'm telling you, God has anointed me to teach his word. I'm sorry. I had to own that. You've heard me maybe mention it, but I had to own it all those years ago. I learned it from Kenneth Hagin. He said, 
when God told him, I've anointed you to preach the word. I've anointed you to heal the sick, but you're going to have to tell the people that I've anointed you. And Brother Hagin used to say, he said, the moment, he said, well, I can't tell, tell people God anointed because they're going to look and say, they're going to say, who do you think you are? And he, God said to him, I, you're, I'm from this day, he put his finger, finger, he put his index finger in the palm of the left hand and palm of his right hand. I've heard Brother Hagin share it so and said, this day, have I anointed you. this day have I anointed you to heal the sick. But you're going to have to tell the people that I have anointed you. Those who will believe will receive from your ministry. Those who don't believe will not be able to receive from your ministry. But you're going to have to own the fact that I've anointed you for this. That's kind of what I'm sharing with Lucy Grimble. See, it's this thing where you have to, because humility is tough. To really know that you're gifted. You know you're going to want to go one of two ways. You're either going to be pompous and think you're cool, man, like you're something that ain't nobody else has got. But like I said, remember that conversation Emmanuel and I had all those years ago? You, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but I'm just saying all those years ago, when Emmanuel was young, I don't remember the exact circumstance, but he told me about a guy that was like one of your mentors or something. And Emmanuel told me, this guy said to him, you're a good musician, but you'll never be great. And uh, the moment he said that to me, Emmanuel, he put his head down, because this is something, you know, you know, when you really get deep with people, something, we try to cover up stuff like that as deep as we can. But I looked at Emmanuel, I said, that's a flipping curse. That's a lie from the pit of hell that you'll never be great. You're already great in God's eyes. You know what I mean? You really are. But I'm trying to say, to really have the humility to accept, well, I'm saying uh, with all humility, like I said, I know that I know that I know the anointing. I had to own it a long time ago. That's why we used to be invited everywhere. I mean, constantly, you know, this guy, Stephen Dobbins from Livermore, called me uh, about three years ago. I'd never heard of him before. And he said, is this Rod Anderson? And I said, yeah. And he said, the Rod Anderson? And I went, what? I'm going, what? I said, I'm Rod Anderson. And he said, you the guy that used to be the uh, director of the school there in Hampstead Bible School? And I said, yeah. Right, oh, man. He said, what a, oh, oh, he just, he said, it's so awesome, man, to actually be able to talk to you. He said, I pastor a church up here in Liverpool. He said, we got about 300 people. And he said, every one of us has listened to every one of your tapes. He said, the whole church has been built on on your blah, blah, and I sat there and this this dude, I had never heard, oh, wait, wait, I'm not trying to pat myself, build myself up, but I'm saying, you know, so he invites me up there. I didn't know as much then as on the phone call. I get up there and I walk in there and people stand and start jumping, freaked me out. I mean, you know, I'm just thinking, what, you know, because I've been teaching for years and stuff. And man, I get up there and I, so they want me to speak. And so I get to speak. But before I ever got to speak, this one, I mean, there's like 300 people, and they're all coming up and telling me my stories. I remember on your tape number 443 on fighting fear, you said this, and I remember when you said that, and somebody else says, yeah, well, one of my favorite stories is when you talk about da 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 And I sit there, and I just went, good God almighty, man. I, was, I didn't have anything to teach because they done heard everything I'd ever had to teach in my whole life. You know what I mean? And I went, wow. But the but point is, again, with the, at the risk of sounding like you're being brag, you know, bragging, I wasn't... You know, on the way home, God, the humility, what God, I just go, God, you know, I had no idea. I had no, I'm, I mean, please hear my heart. I had no idea that there was this group of some 300 people up there that 
over and over again testified about how their children had been saved, the kids had come off drugs, and people had been healed listening to this guy named Rod Anderson, his tapes. Never met him in the world, but all these tapes got up there way back when. Now, I'm just saying that'll either make you go, like I said, or you go, thank you. You know, help me be a good steward. God, please, please. Well, again, you'll hear what you want to hear. There's an anointing on Julie Anderson and Rod Anderson that is intended for a whole lot more than what we're doing right now. There's a destiny upon us that God's put in my heart and your heart, my wife's heart. But I'm telling you, supernaturally something has happened. All I can do is to say it. Supernaturally, God has done something in our lives in just the last three or four weeks. And I think I said it last week. Again, I keep, I don't, I just, you know, I, I've got to get delivered of fear. I really do because I keep, God, I keep being afraid to say things because, you know, it's fear of man. Like you're afraid of what people are going to think. So forgive me. God's still dealing with me about just saying it. Don't worry about it because, you know, it's what I said. It's not what you are. It's what I made you. <laughs> but uh, 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 what's on us is going to come on you. And because it's something God's doing all over the earth. I believe any ministers who are really wanting to hear God and wanting to move with what he's doing in this new season. Everybody's taught, we've taught, people have said things like that phrase for, all, for years, but this is, this is too dramatic. What's happening right now is too off the walls, off the charts as far as for me. And I'm, you know, I'm talking to friends and stuff as well. And so I'm just saying, again, that I, you see, but this is what I want to get across to you. I don't see there's churches all over the place that gather around some individual's anointing. We go to Robert Morris's church in Texas, Gateway Church. We go to Bill Johnson's church. We go, you know, to, to Bob Benny Hinn's place or what do we, we, we go. And the thing is, see, God's trying to get the church delivered from superstars. He really, really, he wants you to know. You know, we're, no, we're going to Jesus's church. We're going to God's church. We're going to the church of God. We're going to the house where God's people meet. It's not so much about a Rod or a Julie, because this is the thing. See, God, like yeah, I say it again. He's in every one of you. The same God, the same graces, the same anointings. Yeah, there's di- like Corinthians says, there's diversity of operation, there's differences of administrations, but the same spirit. The same spirit. Humility. I want you to really, really be honest before God. Like I said, Lucy, I can't help it, but my God, see, she really does need to comprehend. She re- and she will because she's faithful. To actually understand, all, she's going to have to stand up one day on stage and say, God has commissioned me to be a psalmist of this generation. And some people will go, 
But when she does it from her heart with the freedom of heaven on her, I'm telling you, it's like this, her whatever her realm of influence is going to go from here to... You hear me? Because that's what happens when you do something right spiritually and you release it in the earth. I'm telling you, because you've got angels backing you up, man. You've got God's heavenly host backing you. I said, you've got God's heavenly host backing you up, but you've got to own the gift. I said, you've got to own the gift. Sophie, don't you ever flip and give up. It makes me so mad when I pray for you sometimes. Yes, indeed. I don't want to get too personal, but forgive me already. I'm, you know, go, go. Lucy's sister, this great skill of hers in, in acting and stuff like this, but forgive me, I'm just going to say it, but she got in this, God, the devil tried to kill her in this car wreck, which brought this, you know, the surgery and thing to her face. And so hell's tried to keep you down all these years by saying, I can never, ever do it. I can never do it again. I'm ugly or whatever. Look what happened to my face. I've got scars on my face. I'm sorry for getting so personal, but I hate the devil, and I am mad about it. And I'm telling you, don't stop. Don't give up. Don't ever, 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 ever not believe. Julie, Julie and I were praying for you just the other week, and I'm telling you, sis, that's, there's open doors ahead of you, man. You can, I'm telling you, don't ever you believe a lie. The devil has never done anything right in his life. And he screwed up when he even tried to attack you. I mean, he screwed up, man. He screwed up big time. But see, you've got to catch that. You've got to own it. You've got to never allow that false spirit of humility, that false pain thing where you accept that, no, I'm scarred for life. You're not scarred for life. I'm sorry, but you're not. You're blessed of God, Sophie Grumble. But you really are. You really are. God's going to show you. You look in the mirror, girl. You're gonna, you, he's going to show you a brand new picture of you. You know, we watched. Uh, uh, I hope you don't. I really, Sophie, you know I love you. I, I'm not trying to embarrass you. It's a la- I don't. It's not who, what my heart is. Julie and I were watching this uh, Kenneth Copeland video. And. Uh, he just, for the heck of it, he put up this little, he said, I want to show this video on this. And it was where he went to Lagos, Nigeria, he went to Lagos, and he was preaching in Nigeria. And this, one of the younger ministers there, whatever, he'd been shot in the arm. And, uh, and so they, you know how like a knee replacement, they'd given him an entire elbow replacement. And it was this piece that looked like bone. And then this metal thing that came all the way up like this. And anyhow, he talked about how it kind of hurt and what have you like that. He goes to this meeting, and he said, God told me to begin to pray. Isn't that what it's something like? God told me to begin to pray. And he was there, and he'd heard Brother Higgin, Brother Copeland, really teach him what, it meant, what real faith sounds like, what real faith looks like. And anyway, I heard this, and he said, he went to bed. He said, I went to bed and went, just thank you, Father. You, you can do anything. Thank you, Father. You can do anything. He goes to bed. Listen, think of the picture. He wakes up the next day. That entire thing is laying on the bed next to his arm. The whole replacement. The metal thing. And you got these pictures of this thing. No blood, no anything else. God just took the whole jive false elbow out, laid it on the bed next to his, and he had a brand new elbow. Brand new arm. You know, my God can do anything. You know, at Bethel, we're hearing, you hear all the time, if you listen to Bill Johnson, these guys you watch, you know how many healings are there where people have 
metal parts and joints and screws dissolve. Titanium dissolves. It's not there anymore. You know, all the time this is happening. And you know what? I can't remember who it is, but I just remember. Oh, man. I've been listening so much and reading so much. But I mean about scars being removed. There's all this place where God just took all the scars away. I'm people that had scars on their legs and they were afraid to like ever go to the beach, stuff like this. But uh, there was this one where people had, this guy had the, all these scars on his head when he'd been in a car accident, like the whole side of his head had been shaved off. Sophie, I'm just saying, you know what? There's nothing I'm talking about. But see, this is the thing. I don't know if God will, I don't know if you need it. I don't know if you want it that bad. In the flesh you might, but I'm saying, see, this is the thing where we have to get real. God can one billion percent restore your face, right? You actually can. I said he actually can. But see what Sophie has to, but see, let's put it in all of us, not just in her. Wherever you feel there's a lack or a deficit, you have to learn how to be content. And whatsoever state you are, Paul said, I've learned how to be content. 1 Timothy 6, 6, I've learned how to be content in whatsoever state I am. See, it's not acceptance of the problem, but it's acceptance of the fact that I am in the everlasting arms of my Father. In other words, my need for healing isn't idolatry. You hear what I'm saying? Where my personal need isn't something that gets so loomed so big in my life that that's the only thing that will prove to me that God's real. Now, you got to think on that a bit. But see, that's what happens. A lot of our prayers become idolatry. They, they're, they're prayer idols. And see, God wants you in a place where you, bless God, know peace. But that's when he'll surprise you and say, you know what? It's like Solomon. What would you have me do? Lord appears to him, remember, and says, what would you ask of me? Ask me anything. And, of course, we all know he asked for wisdom. He said, this people is so great, I pray that I might have wisdom to judge your people. And God said, Solomon, because you've asked for wisdom, yes, I'm going to give you wisdom more than any man who lived on the face of the earth at this time. But because you have not asked for riches and wealth like everybody else asked for, I'm going to make you the richest dude that ever lived on planet Earth because you didn't worry about that. You wanted what was right in my sight. See, so as Sophie actually receives, as Jason receives, as Nathan receives, as Andrew receives, as Ayana receives, as Abby receives, as David Powell, Denise Powell, Jonathan, Emmanuel, and Tony, I mean, you know, I call up Joshua, every name in this. As you receive really the peace of God, that you are God's child, and I'm here, and God, if nothing ever happens, I'm going to worship you all the days of my life. I've made my choice. My choice is clear. My destiny is clear. I'm with you. This is who I serve for the rest of my life. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I have accepted Jesus Christ, your Son, as my Lord and my Savior. And I will worship only you, Almighty God, all the days of my life. 
as long as there's breath in my lungs, I'm going to give praise to Almighty God. And as that actually becomes not a one-day confession, but a lifestyle in you, that's, the, that's when we're going to see. I'm telling you guys, please don't think I'm just preaching. God, help them. I've heard from God. I have. Oh, the glory of seeing mentally retarded people made whole instantaneously. Oh, the glory of really understanding that cancer is not a big deal to God. To really be so delivered from fear that every trace of terror really is expelled. When we get there, that's when suddenly you wake up one morning and that knee replacement is laying on the bed. Or you wake up one morning, and if that's something that's still, you know, just because you're his little girl, all of a sudden you wake up one morning, and you've got that beautiful face right back to what it was before the accident. Because now you can handle it. And it doesn't make you love God anymore. It doesn't even make your testimony even bigger to you. It will to everybody else, though. But to you, you're already safe in the arms of God. But see, people, every one of you, Every one of you. This is what's in the this is, this is what's in your immediate. Help me, Lord. This is what's in your immediate future if you will but open your heart to receive it. I said, if you will but open your heart to receive it, and and actually release faith and say, I receive it. Please hear me. Jesus, it can't be that time. Oh, my God. Everything I've said has been an introduction, for real. Then we, okay, I, don't, I can't say any of the rest of this stuff then. Um, one of the fundamentals is, you know, my, my whole thing about the first four years, three years of the church, all God had me teach on was the love walk, something I'd love to teach more and more. And we were, we are going to go back to that. But First John four eighteen does. First John four eight says, you know, if you do not have love, you've never known God, for God is love. I said, God, the Creator of all this stuff, is love. And what God's about to do in us is He's going to really offer us a gigantic other opportunity. I mean, as long as time remains, He's going to keep offering. But there does come a time, you know, when stuff stops out there for the world. But we're in Christ. But let me let me shut up and try to finish. Man, at mandate yesterday. Uh, I, I what I we're, God help me. Um, you have to believe the love. Well, I said it last week. God loves me. I'm telling you, God loves Rod Anderson. I'm telling you, God loves me. God loves me, man. I know it more than I've ever known it in my life. And I cannot put into words the peace. I thought I had peace before, but I mean, there's just something rolling in me now. Kick me, slap me, whatever. I'm, God loves me, man. I'm telling you, he does. But, and, but he loves you, see. And he, he wants us to get a brand new picture of Tommy. I'm going to share that thing. Tommy, when we were talking, he was sharing about little Sam. 
And he was telling about, he said, you know, this thing he said we do every night. He said when I or try to every night, he said with Sam, he said, you know, I sit and I'll, I'll try to I'll read some of the Bible to him or read something. And he said, then what I do is he said, and he said, I get to the end and I say, in Jesus' name. And I have him say something about it. And he said, I say, in Jesus' name. And then he said, I say, we say, amen. And he said, every time I say amen, that I grab him and I tickle him. And he just, <laughs> and he goes nuts, you know, because I tickle him. And he said, but what's beginning to happen is this. He said, every time, now he keeps wanting, he keeps trying to mimic me, and he keeps trying to get me to say in Jesus' name. He keeps getting in Jesus' name because he wants me to hurry up and get to amen because he knows after amen, it's going to come the tickling. Right? In other words, so it's, this is how it operates. In Jesus' name, amen. Tickle, tickle, tickle. Right? And, man, it's so strong. See, that's God wants to do that with all of you. He wants you to, he wants, he, can you understand how much God wants to tickle you? The spirit of adoption, Abba. But so many people have this hard, really, are you hearing me? So many people still have their vestiges at least. They may say they don't, but inside, because I know, because when you ask for something, you have all these instant fears about why you shouldn't have it. That's a proof to me that you don't have all your character developed yet in the love of God. He is your dad. And he just wants to, this is why, oh, yes, behold the fear, behold the goodness and the severity of God. I know that, you know, I know that Jesus is the warrior, but he's also the shepherd of Israel. There's all these things. But above all, he is love. Love is the one that has all this power and all this stuff. But he wants all of you. He wants you to have. This is who he wants. He wants to know absolutely. Every time I get with my daddy, this is what's going to happen. He's going to talk to me about his word a bit. And then he's going to finish saying, and it's all because of my son. And then he's going to say, Amen. And I love that part because then he's going to grab me and tickle me. I get to crack up. Just <laughs> That's what your prayer life is supposed to look like. Worship team, come back. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 